0: Hello and welcome to the new episode of SupplyCast, the podcast from the Healthcare Supply Association. Today I've got with me Sophie Lilliman. Hi Sophie. Hi Bruce. Uh, Sophie, you're, you're kind of like an a, a alum, alumni from the <laughs> PDP, um, which I know you came the top three in. And one of the things we wanted to talk about is going to be going to talk about PDP. We're going to talk about International Women's Day because this is going to go out on International Women's Day, 8th of March. And and, and a few other bits along the way before we get to the to the Desert Island Supplies bit at the end Would be fun a little bit about what your um, what your likes are. First of all, Sophie, um, can you give us a little bit of an idea of how you got where you are? What was your little trail career trail to where you are now?
1: So um, I started in the NHS in um, 2018 in mm-hmm. the procurement team at Leicester, uh, Leicestershire Partnership Trust. Um, I just So I'd just finished uni, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, I had an idea of maybe doing some buying jobs and things like that in um, sort of retail, and um, it was actually my mum that said, why well, why don't you look at the NHS? There's a lot of different things you can do in there. And I just happened upon a job um, – called a buyer so I thought oh that sounds good and um, I went to the interview and um the head of procurement there Sarah Holly had sort of said to me there's another job going for a slightly different role in in the same team
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and I ended up getting that job which was the um clinical category assistant um and I really enjoyed it there I was there for about um uh, nearly two years I was there um, mm-hmm. At the start of my career um I was I was sort of had a year um just doing normal day-to-day business stuff I'd started my sips and everything and then everything stopped in obviously 2020 um and my my whole job changed around PPE so I've been in um my I've been been in procurement I've been doing PPE and COVID stuff for the majority of my career so far so it's been a bit of a whirlwind um I then I sort of moved to um University Hospitals, Coventry and Warwickshire, where I am now as mm-hmm. a contracts manager in um, October 2020, yes. Yeah, and that's where I've been, Um, so, sort of still doing PPE, but more, move more away towards the contracts and category management sort of stuff now as well.
0: When um, I've spoken to uh, younger professionals within procurement previously, one of the things that that does stand out and particularly if they're starting around around the same time you have is the fact that the whole of your career has cut, has been dominated by the covid thing yeah
1: definitely which it's, is it's, which it's, is
0: insane because i'm sure I'm, i mean i'm i'm guessing a lot of people around you like mentors and experienced experience have said to you listen it's must have for a long time must have been saying look it's not always quite like this you know yeah. so so i mean is that i mean i suppose you sort of I mean, things are never calm. I, I know it isn't within the profession, but how does it feel now, having spent such a large part of your, you know, introduction to healthcare procurement at this you know, very frantic, very difficult, very pressurised cold face?
1: It, it's quite challenging because you, you, you can't, you don't really have much to go back on in terms of what we used to do. Sure. And um, I know I had that sort of year um, before COVID hit where I was doing the job and, Um, sort of the what we would call normal work Mm -hmm. Um, but I was still very much learning the the ropes and you you can't you don't have any experience to back that up on so you're coming into things and you're going oh what what would I do here and because you don't have that that experience that background you can't sort of use that forward so you, you sometimes you you can feel like you're more reliant on you're asking more questions you think actually I should probably know this because I've been doing the job for so long when actually you haven't but mm-hmm. I noticed a lot, um, especially when I moved to my new job in Coventry, a lot of the initial sort of work was, well, this isn't your normal job, mm-hmm. but um we're doing this for now because it's what we need to do. And you just yeah. kind of run with it and you have to do what you've got to do. You pick up things that you necessarily wouldn't be doing. You wouldn't I wouldn't have and when I started um in the NHS, I wouldn't have thought I'd been pushing roll cages.
0: Right.
1: But I, yeah, you sure. were, and that's just what you had to do. And um it's but it's been I it's been a much more of a learning curve than I thought, but I've enjoyed it. I've really, um, I've been able to use this and build skills that I wouldn't have probably been able to use if I hadn't had that experience as well. So it's, it's had its ups and downs and I would definitely say that.
0: You, one of of the things that you did was, as I mentioned at the top of the top of the program was you did the PTP, PDP. Um, How did you, First of all, how did you find that? I know you came, you, you you came in the top three at PDP, but how did you how did you find that overall? And how how do you think that has uh, influenced how you do your job now?
1: Um, so I was very fortunate to be able to get onto the PDP. I think I was one of the last ones that was able to get on that um, that um, series, for lack of a better word. Um, yeah. And
0: they do sell out quickly. I know that this year sold out very do. quickly. So yeah.
1: I think um the, they're on waiter lists for this year yep. next year already. So um it's quite popular. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was it was very intense. Um, it was a week-long um residential programme where you're literally working from the morning to evening and you you'd be you had what was called the game, um, and that mm-hmm. kind of had was a theme throughout the week and it was um very intense it was session after session and then you'd have a break and then a session and you just keep going it was a lot of information to take on um but as a sort of relatively new to the to procurement it was it, it covered the whole thing so it went yeah. from operational to um the wider nhs um strategy type things you had suppliers in there as well and you could you could tap into the knowledge of all the different speakers and um, which was really valuable to someone definitely new or even um, people more experienced but not um still sort of had that day-to-day role but could pull in different bits that were useful to them and um, for what they were doing so I think overall it, it it's tailored for everybody it just depends what you want to get out of that session um, and and yeah I thought it was it was great and um as being one of the winners of it um I think I was I was the academic winner so I, there was a little test at the end and I got the highest score which I was very shocked that I think my face was a picture.
0: <laughs>
1: um, I think I was like, oh, what, really?
0: Um, but
1: yeah, so, um, but having the opportunity, so as part of being one of the winners, you got to go to the um, HSA conference, which I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do before that. Um, and I think there was there was two other um, prizes that, because of COVID, we haven't been able to do. So I think there was mm-hmm. a trip to Germany, um, that obviously we couldn't do, and and Jubilee celebration for the yep. teachers here as well. So, yep. which hopefully we'll still be able to do. But um, yep. y- you're given all these opportunities, and you can put that on your CV, and people go, "Oh, actually, what's what's that about?" And they'll ask you questions, and then you can draw on that as well. So, I think it's it's very good to do, even if you if you're not classed as a winner, you've still had that experience and that different knowledge that you you get all in one package. Really,
0: you mentioned going to the HCSA conference as part of the uh, top three winners package.
1: Yeah.
0: How did you find going there? One of the things that I know HCSA is very keen to do in the future is to increase the number of uh, younger professionals that are going and also junior junior professionals as well. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we're very keen on. What would you say to someone as a, a younger person, newish or relatively new to healthcare procurement, First of all, I'm assuming you'd advise them to go if the opportunity is there. Definitely. Yeah. And 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 what do you think it does for people on the younger end and more junior end and younger end of the scale, going to the conference? What do you think is the benefit of it?
1: Um, you get to when you're there, you get to mix with all these um, different procurement professionals within the NHS. So you yeah. you can tap. It's about being in procurement is. Uh, Big part of it is p- building the networks mm. because you can tap into what someone in, say, Nottingham has done or um, mm. down in Bristol. You've you've got all of that. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can just ask for, oh, can I borrow your specification or something that you've, they've done similarly. Um, and if you build those networks, that it makes the job easier.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and in that, the H- the HSA conferences and things like that is ideal for building those because you get yep. to speak to people it's not just an email or over the phone you can actually build those relationships up and I'm quite keen on I'm I enjoy the people side of my job more yep. more than anything and I, I enjoy asking the questions and just tapping into the knowledge really. Um, but yes definitely for you for the younger and um, more junior professionals at the HSA conference it tends to be sort of as you as you say the heads of procurement directors of procurement sure. things like that. But if we're bringing in Younger professionals, absolutely, wanted to to go up the ladder because yep. at the end of the day, we're we're the ones that will hopefully touch wood and um, end up at the top. And we need yep. to start building those networks somewhere, and yep. that is the best opportunity to do that. So if, if anyone's unsure about whether they should go or whether they yep. fit in there, just just do it, and because it doesn't matter. Yep. You just see people and go, "Oh, who are you?" and um, and everyone's really friendly, and they'll just say, and then you go, "Oh, actually, I've." And I see, I've seen your name on an email trail or um, and then you could put names faces and things like that. So it's, it really is a good platform for that
0: network. Well, so, was, was, was certainly the HSA is very, very keen to sort of broaden that that yeah, base definitely. of people that, that are uh, members and also are going obviously therefore to the conferences, etc. Uh, just quickly on PDP, I know someone told me that you were actually invited back to talk to the following year, I believe to the PDP people. Um, the person that told me that was you just before we came yeah. on air. <laughs> did you like? Yes. I was trying to pass that off as, as some sort of deep <laughs> research I'd done, but you told me that before we came on air. Um, so yeah, I'm f- fessed up on that one. But uh, what did you say to them? What did you say to the to the um, the new you know the class of two thousand and what year was it? You did it so the, the class from the following year. What yeah. what did you say? To, what was it you said to them when you came back?
1: Well, actually, um, so I my whole the whole point of me being there was to kind of give my experience of mm. having done the whole week and just say to them what their, their expectations should be and um not sort of work hard, play hard kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, But I actually had, so I public speaking is very new to me. So it's not that um I wasn't in my comfort zone, so to speak. So I'd written out cards and I'd been recommended to, you know, like the cue cards and things just to, so you don't um mess up or miss something that you wanted to say, but yeah. I'd, I didn't realize the session had started and my cue cards were in my bag across the side of the room. <laughs> no so I'd, um, I thought, oh God, I'm going to have to, I'm just going to have to do it off the cuff. Bring it. So I had to get up there without having any experience of public speaking, just get up and talk. And then uh-huh. once, but once you got into the swing of it and just think, actually, this is what I wanted to say. And when you speak from the heart, it just comes much easily, much more easily. Um, but yeah, it was just about um, what they were expecting. And, um, what I got from it as well I think that was a key point for a lot of the the delegates on that so making sure they build those connections mm-hmm. and getting the phone numbers talk about not only your job but just get to know one another and mm-hmm. because um, you all cross paths again whether it's at the conference or whether it's on email it's or even if you move jobs and because people tend to move around in the NHS not leave and do whatever so you, you will come across these people again so make sure you build those connections as well so I was trying to Drill home that um that point quite quite quickly, quickly quite well, um,
0: <laughs> and, yeah. and and quickly as well. I mean, quickly, being yeah. being concise is always a very good part of public. That history. is true, <laughs> Um, so that, um, that that's that's great. One one other aspect was I know that also you were invited to attend for the experience of trustee meeting. now yes. uh, how did you find that?
1: It was quite interesting, really, because you. you you don't normally get to hear about the, the things that they're planning in the future and what they're they're planning with the, um, with the association and what they want to do with, um, the the whole
0: mm-hmm.
1: plan really, um. And I think so. The one I went to was um the first session. The new CEO Keith Rowley was there, so it was all about what he was wanting to do. Right. It was his first trustees meeting as well, I think. Yep. So um, he he came in with ideas and what he wanted to do with, mm-hmm. um the HSA so it it was quite interesting to to hear from especially at the top level and someone coming in very middle middle management it's it's interesting to hear what the plans are and and yeah I could be a bit nosy and and understand a little bit and and ask some questions but I think the one thing that for me that was really interesting I'm very interested and keen on the learning and development side of things So there was a section about the um, plans for the learning development and the platform that you you guys are um, releasing and the plans for that. And that was quite interesting, especially for sort of the people that the PDP um, graduates, so to speak, and all of that sort of stuff. It was very. It was good to hear that you were thinking about everyone uh, in procurement, not just the people at the higher level. So, yeah, it was good to ask questions as well.
0: If there's if there's a key theme in the HSA at the moment it is that it is it is yeah, definitely. Uh, broadening the the concept and the idea of what a HSA member is and it could be anybody you know it's a very diverse in terms of age uh, you know ethnicity gender it's a very diverse group of people and obviously you want your membership t- to reflect that and you know, there's always work to be done and getting that where you want it to go. And that's definitely like a key theme at the moment of making sure that we get to that position. That's a goal that we're looking to head, head towards. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: When this podcast goes out, it's going to be on Tuesday, the 8th of March, barring anything extraordinary mm-hmm. happening. Uh, but, you know, perhaps if this doesn't record properly, you might, but that's the plan. It's uh, International Women's Day. I know that um, at the HCSA at the moment, two of the two of our um, two of the people at the HCSA, Emma James and Clara Purnell, who's who's um, one of our deputy chief officers, are currently working behind the scenes on developing a women in procurement network. So They're talking to yeah. people and they're looking to develop that, and that's something on an ongoing basis. We're we're going to put out a little bit of an intro to what that idea is—a video intro to what that idea. Is, just a little quick interview with with both of them will be going out on the Tuesday as well. Again, all things being well. I'm just wondering, in terms of women in procurement, how you have found it going in? You've gone in very... very, You're not just a a woman in procurement, you're a young woman in procurement. So you're going into an area which has been traditionally, you know, it's a lot of kind of, you know, older, perhaps male individuals. I'm just wondering... How you found it? I mean, we we read some, we do read some disturbing things. We, we read some disturbing studies. Very recently, have come out about uh, in the NHS of people of, of women finding the environment at times difficult, and some of them have been telling their stories about how they found difficult scenarios at time from every aspect of the NH- NHS. Yeah,
1: I'm
0: wondering how you have found it in general uh, and whether you recognise any of these scenarios that have been spoken about in recent studies which have spoken about the uh, environment, sometimes toxic environment for women in the NHS. I wondered if you could um, tell me a little bit about your feelings on that.
1: Yeah, so I think personally I I haven't felt... Um, that in mm. terms of so my my very first job in procurement i had a um a female role model so my head oh. of procurement was female so i had that um initial um support in terms of um having a female role model and um, my immediate line manager was um had, and is still now a um males but i've always found them to be very supportive i think mm-hmm. The trouble is, is when people aren't aware of the potential for it to be a toxic, toxic environment. And it's having that understanding um, that of everyone's feelings, ne- not necessarily um, just females, it's having that emotional um, intelligence to understand mm-hmm. what the problems could be, how your actions, if you say if you are a male um, in that higher authority position yeah. you need to have yeah. that emotional understanding of how it um comes across yeah. um to your um female colleagues and i think mm-hmm. with the hsa having that women in procurement um sort of support and and um, that group that's a really good avenue to to use that and make the awareness um much bigger and better and um, and if we can get as much people involved in that that would that would be brilliant and um, especially if you're with the recent studies you've you've been talking about I think it's it needs to be addressed definitely
0: well I mean they're they're, they're, they're certainly uh, very committed to it leading it Clara and Emma and uh, you know I'm sure people such as yourself uh, you know contributing to that in in, in some way and giving your views on that and any any ideas I think will be crucial to that as it grows in the future and it's certainly something that's going to be here to stay it's not something that that the HCSA is going to pick up on for for a period of time because it's it's part of the the current feeling. It's something that will be most definitely part of HCSA going forward and a key part of it as we look to serve all current and potential members regardless of gender, ethnicity, et cetera. So I think just before I come to the end of this, I'm just wondering um, before we go into the desert supplies bit at the end, which I've already... Warned you about, and you know you, you got that usual sort of fearful look, and uh, <laughs> <thinking> everyone starts. <laughs> <laughs> you can see that the fear behind the eyes that comes in. um Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. I was going to say. Do, do you do you see do you see yourself? I'm always quite interested by this. Do you do you see yourself staying in procurement healthcare?
1: Do you yeah, see yourself
0: um, coming out of public sector? Do you see yourself staying in healthcare? Difficult. You're very young. You. are you got your whole word oh, yeah I'm sounding like, sorry, you got your whole, I bet I'm sounding like one of your parents now you got your whole word ahead of you, you know yeah. the world's your oyster you know yeah. it's a great big yeah, world there. blah 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 but um do you do you see yourself moving beyond that or, or do you think yeah do you know what this is this is um this is something that I feel I can stay within and develop within and I feel comfortable within kind of just developing within this community.
1: Yeah, I think, I, I don't think I can ever say um, if there's an opportunity outside, mm. because I think for me, it's, I, I love working in healthcare, I think mm. it's, I really enjoy it, I enjoy the people side of it, but I also enjoy the variety that you get with the job, and that's sure. just a given, um, especially in the NHS, but if you, if you were to go, especially in, if I was later on in my career, and I'd just join the NHS and that kind of thing, I'd probably say, i I'm happy to stay in, and build my skills in this. Mm. But the potential with with being so early in my career, if I was to go out of the, pub, the public sector, I could build different skills from there and then potentially bring it back. It's it works either way. And I think it's from what I've learned, it's it's quite difficult to go out of the pub, public sector to private mm. rather than back in. Right. Um but I'm 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 quite I'm I do really enjoy healthcare. So Unless that golden opportunity comes up, I'm, I'm sure. quite happy. Sure. Sorry, my Alexa's just gone. That's, that's your
0: Alexa. Do you know what? That yeah. is the first time I can remember an Alexa <laughs> interrupting a <laughs> podcast, which is quite amazing, really, because
1: <laughs> just unplugged it. I'm so
0: sorry.
1: You know what? I had winds of that going off earlier in the day. It's going to go off. I know it is.
0: Yeah, I always turn my, I always turn my, I always turn my Apple Watch off. Because uh, it can sometimes, it, you know, what it's like. Yeah. If you sound something that sounds a little bit like Alexa, you only you only have to say something like, uh, "Oh yeah, um, yeah." Can you pass possibly an index? <laughs> it's not the yeah. '80s, is it? But I mean, if you said something like, "Yeah, I think that was in the index," <laughs> then, then yeah. you know, it goes, "What was that? Was that my name?" I don't
1: even know what I said. No. I just, it just like, lights I,
0: up. You think some, 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 something did, but it's just it's it's nice. To, it's nice to prove that you know we're recording this totally live and yeah, I, it's I, day I, day I like day it day because, day as well. <laughs> and it's, it's meant to be a conversation. It's not meant to be like yeah. a grilling or an interview like that. So I like, you know, I, I'm all for that actually, you know, I I quite like a bit bell
1: to go off and the dogs start barking <laughs> and chaos. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's, why don't we move on to uh, the, the final part of the podcast, which is desert island supplies, regular listeners will know that I are, I will ask you, you know, you're on a desert island what you can take one luxury item, you can take one uh, album by uh, by one artist and you can take a movie. So it's, I suppose it's going to be, you're talking about favorite stuff here, but you're also talking about stuff that you, you find that you can return to a lot and a lot. First of all, what would the luxury item be? Alexa. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> oh, no, I should have said that. Good job you I turned that off would it? Here, it, yeah. it. We're safe, we're safe.
1: So with these questions most people have like some really clever answers but when I think of it at the moment especially with the last two years I think I'm going to change the mindset and go instead of I'm not being stranded yeah. I'm going to use that time as you know proper R&R yeah I really do with just sitting on a beach with a really good book yeah I love that so I'm going to say that and just reframe the mind and say yeah, yeah I'm going to use it I'll well, tell
0: you what if we're talking about a luxury item. Let's say you can take, you can take like a Kindle, you know, or something Ooh, yeah. like, a, you know, do. so you can take, so, you know, it's a luxury yeah. item. I mean, you know, well, so let, yeah, let's say, you of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You take you know, Amazon, that or your Amazon Audible or you know, yeah. whatever it is you want to go with, but yeah. Okay. So some sort of, some, yeah, just relaxation. Yeah. Just to, to get, the,
1: yeah. get the
0: mind going again and proper r and I think. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you for, what album you take it doesn't have to be a specific name of an album it could be an album by it's up to you
1: I think this is the one I'm absolutely sure on I, mm. I think Rumours by Fleetwood Mac
0: oh right okay
1: I go back to that all the time that's my go-to so
0: Rumours by it's a, it's a great album is that is that sort of an album mm-hmm. that's been passed on to you by uh parents or uh, an older sibling or is that where that's, that's
1: yeah so back. music is sort of mine and my dad's thing right um, for as long as i can remember we would dance around the dining room table as Mm -hmm. kids and so just kind of i've grown up with the music so um yeah i mean that might even be my luxury item dad's music so either or really
0: (laughs) well yeah you can ask you i mean if you're on a desert island they're all luxury items, i suppose but for the the purpose of this we'll call that actual music taken care of as well as that it is truly a classic album so it's a great choice and what would the film be
1: can i take disney plus just well, all that's,
0: of them. that's so cheeky. That is so cheeky. <laughs> that's like a luxury item. Well, mind you, let's let's oh. you could take. Let's say you've taken. Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna allow it, Sophie. Oh, all thanks. right. Because I'm now. What I'm thinking is instead of having like a sort of a, a Kindle or, or, or something from like Amazon or whatever, we'll let you take a tablet as your luxury item, and yeah, you can I'm have definitely. you can you can have your uh, Amazon. Genius. You can have your Amazon <laughs> 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 books on there and you can also have your disney plus app um now now and the rooms app now there's lots of stuff um there is lots of stuff on disney plus i have it, i have it myself um and it caters for all sorts of age groups and everything and and well, and, all and all right. And yeah. whatever you want, uh, there are other st- streaming services available out there. Obviously, yeah, uh, obviously. With, with Disney Plus, is there is there any particular reason you'd be taking it? Is it is there is a particular is there particular like is it the animated films? Is it superhero film? Is it the original series that they do? Is or is it just the general overall? Or Is there something you particularly can't live without on there? I
1: think it's it's the classic Disney films. I think for me, right. so the, the animated and. Um, you got the Princess and the Frog. If I'm if I'm after Beauty of the Beast or something like that, it's yeah. but just a, an easy going something on in the background if I'm ironing or doing something. Just the classic that I know word for word. Also, awesome. kind
0: of So love it. Bit cheeky, bit cheeky, bending the rules a bit, but I'm allowing it. So uh, yeah, I'm never coming
1: it. home from this island now.
0: <laughs> no, why would you? Disney Plus, you've got you got access to thousands of books.
1: Well, oh, there you go then. You need and, anything you've,
0: and you've got and you've got r- rumors, you know. So yeah, I think you're, I think you're set there, Sophie. Thank you very much for taking the time mm. to speak to me today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Watch. It's been really great. Um, I hope you have you have you checked fully checked out yet the new HCSA website because I everyone's have, really into. it. Oh, great, brilliant. Yeah, I was on think? it
1: today. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's much better than the last one. I think it's much easier yeah. to use and. You've People's, always been there so.
0: people seem to say that and there's and there's and there's more stuff that's gonna be going on there, like uh, lots of Great stuff like a lot of members-only content as well is going to be on there. So we're going to get some of the sort of legal people are going to be giving updates and that kind of thing that are always very popular at the conferences. Um, and a whole, res- whole raft of stuff so will be adding to it more and more as we go along and refining and adding to it and that kind of thing. Yeah. And feedback's important. So, you know, we've been saying to people, right, if there's any content that is missing that you think should be on there, you know, everyone, including yourself, Sophie, just drop us a listen and we'll you know drop us a note and uh you know we're, we're looking to that and we will try and keep everyone one happy okay. and uh we'll also be able to keep everyone up to date with what's happening with the women in procurement uh initiative that we're, that we're kicking off next week with okay, HSA. Agree, yeah. okay thanks very much for that, Sophie okay that does it for this week and I hope you can join us for the next episode bye <music>